At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. It's a game day edition. Hornets, after two days off, are in Minnesota taking on the Timberwolves. We will preview that game for you. We'll also talk about the latest edition of Power Rankings and about a recent piece in the Charlotte Observer titled, The Charlotte Hornets Need a Reset, Why the All-Star Break Can't Get Here Fast Enough, and who better to talk about it with than the guy who wrote it, Rod Boone, our good friend from the Charlotte Observer, back with us again here on the Hornets Hivecast. Rod, first off, welcome. Tell us a bit about the piece. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me, Sam. I appreciate it, man. Well, I think you've seen the team of late, even though they got a really great boost and getting Montrez Harold, you know, right before the trade deadline. And he obviously came out there and helped him in, in his first two games, helped him get a win in Detroit, and then helped him uh, make almost a crazy comeback in the second half against Memphis on Saturday. But the Hornets just seem to be, have, to me, they just seem to be worn down right now. Not only just mentally, but a little bit physically. With the COVID issues, with injuries they've been dealing with, it seems like they have a lot of main players that have been playing a lot of minutes of late. And the All-Star break, to me, can't get here fast enough for those guys because they need a little bit of a reset mentally and physically to be able to go in the second half and have a good uh, you know, second half of season in my mind. I would push back a little bit. I, I thought that the team, more so than needing a break, needed a boost and got it in Montrez Harrell. Do you think Montrez Harrell, that acquisition in and of itself, can be the reset? Oh, absolutely. It definitely can help out. But as I was saying before, I think the biggest thing more so is just they don't have enough bodies right now, man. He he obviously helps them out. He gives you one more. But they're still missing two 
wing players in Cody Martin and Jalen McDaniels. And then you throw also Gordon Haywood up in there. And that to me is why I see a little bit of a reset because it's just more about playing the other guys a little more minutes. And then when you can bring those guys back, hopefully after the All-Star break, you have a little bit more uh, of depth to kind of go out there and have guys play a little bit more rotational minutes the way you want to. But in the other regard, yes, I definitely think uh, Montrez Howell is, is that reset player because they also need a little bit of, of an attitude adjustment. Um, you know, at times, teams, as we know, just go up into laying with the Hornets and just lay up buckets and get dunks a little bit too easily, offensive rebounds, things of that nature. So the Hornets had to find somebody to be able to at least change some of that in some regards, somebody who had a little bit of a different mentality to make sure that when the guys aren't playing up to capabilities, he's a veteran leader who will go out there and say something. So to me, they needed that boost and uh, on top of that somebody inside to kind of help him out in that regard so yes I think he can definitely be the player to kind of help him with that reset but he still needs a little bit more rest to me in my regard as well Rest is something every team is always uh, seeking, especially this time of year. We got Rod Boone with us here from the Charlotte Observer talking about his recent piece in the Observer, which we highly recommend to you. Charlotte Hornets need a reset. Why the All-Star break can't get here fast enough. I'll temp fade again. I'm going to push back one more time and, and argue that I think Harrell could be the reset again himself. And, and I know we're kind of on the same page with that one. But you, you look over the losing streak, the six-game slide, Charlotte, the number one scoring offense in the NBA at 113 points per game. That's down significantly for this stage of the season, I suppose. They didn't hit that number for the entire six-game streak. Since Montrez Harrell has shown up, they've surpassed it twice. I don't think that's a coincidence, and I know it's a small sample size here, but I feel like the offensive swagger is back with a new element now with Montrez. Right, you know, that's the thing. You're right. The Hornets offense has been one of the top in the league the entire year, but you're right. Also, during the stretch where they've lost you know, six in a row, it's one of those things where they haven't been able to get to their usual offensive number. As you mentioned, they score, I think, about 113 points per game, somewhere around there. and they hadn't been doing that for a while, which was really unusual. And that just shows there was a couple of things. They were out of sync for one in terms of shots just weren't falling. At times, they were getting good looks. They just weren't falling. The second thing is I think with Montrez that he brings to them is at times when those shots aren't falling you from long distance range, he can get you a bucket inside. And the Hornets really didn't have anybody who can do that with consistency because it's more about guys who can drive to the lane and, and, and lay it up or dunk it. You know, Miles is a slasher. He's going to the bucket. He's spinning and trying to get there to the bucket and, and get either fouled or finish strong. He's one of the few people who can do that. Miles pretty much is a jump shooter or a slasher as well. So you throw Montrez in there, and as you can maybe run a little bit of, of a pick-and-roll action with him or a two-man game to the point where when the defender comes up to Garland Mello, whoever else has the ball, if Montrez pops gets to the bucket, it's either easier either pass out to somebody else who's wide open or a dunk there. So I think, as you said, Montrez brings a, just a different level of just intensity to the team and definitely a reset in some regards. So he's definitely a good addition. You have to give Mitch Kupchak a lot of credit for going down making that move. There's also a defensive impact, in my opinion. Now, Montrez has always been viewed more from an offensive lens. The energy he brings on that side of the ball, his tenacity on the glass, all that stuff. But I think for this Hornets roster in particular, he opens up a lot of things defensively. For one, Mason Plumlee doesn't have to spend 48 minutes of a basketball game worried about what happens if he fouls out anymore. There is very little help behind him in terms of someone actually his size. I thought P.J. Washington played well as the backup five, but you, you really don't have that 6'11 center behind him. And not that Montrez is, but it, it just gives another body. It takes a little bit of the pressure off, in my opinion, Mason Plumlee to have to defend these elite centers with 
without fouling at all costs because the team really needed him as an option late. And for P.J. Washington, it allows him back into the role he did really well last season as that power forward who's kind of lurking around. He can be that help defender in the lane. He was top 20 in block shots per game last season. I think having that role, and while I thought he did a good job, as good as can be asked for of anyone when you're at that kind of size disadvantage, this kind of plugs him back into the role he had before. So Montrez, his energy, his effort defensively, that's a boost in and of itself. But what it frees up for Mason and what it frees up for P.J. I think is significant as well. I agree with you because that's the thing, too, is it pushes other guys into different positions. You know, Montrez coming, as you mentioned, but Mason allows him to kind of a little bit have more of a just different mentality and not worrying about fouling out. He can maybe be a little more aggressive out there and understand that if he gets maybe a couple of quick fouls, maybe not the way he would like to, he can at least attempt to go out there and not allow an easy bucket to be laid up, and therefore maybe the, the, the person who's coming next time will think twice about trying to come in there. And you're right, with P.J., playing with the four, that's where he really should be anyway. Playing stretch five is good and all, but when you have bigger players, especially toward the end of the game, fourth quarter, it makes it that much more difficult for you to be able to you know, finish out these games the way you want to if you change Borrego and don't have enough height out there. So Montrez, you're right. He may not be the greatest defender in terms of just you know the way he goes out there individually, but he has length. If you look at him, he has really long arms. And he has intensity and just wants to. Sometimes it's more about that with guys at this level it's you know you can go out there and play but it's more about do you want to play do you want to show people that you can go out there and be a good player so he's going to be good for them all around and as you said man he's definitely been a, a good reset for him for sure I have successfully hijacked a segment that was supposed to be about your outstanding piece and made it about Montrez Harrell, but I still love the piece, and I recommend everyone go out there and check it out in the Charlotte Observer by the great Rod Boone. The Charlotte Hornets need to reset why the All-Star break can't get here fast enough. Coming up next, we're going to be talking power rankings. The Hornets have certainly slipped, having lost seven of their last eight. Where should they be seated in the entire top 30 of the NBA? We'll ask Rod that question when we return here on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta. Hornets fans, it's time to get some new gear. The best selection of new and classic Hornets apparel is at the Hornets Fan Shop, now with new extended hours. Stop by Spectrum Center Wednesday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. to pick up the latest in jerseys, Jordans, and more. Or you can shop from the comfort of your own home 24-7 with just a click of a button at HornetsFanshop.com. An easy trip on the light rail, you'll be sure to find something for everyone at the Hornets Fan Shop. Sam Farber and Rod Boone of the Charlotte Observer here with you today on the HHC. We'll be previewing tonight's game against the Minnesota Timberwolves momentarily, but coming up next, it's time to talk power rankings. Rod, it's that time of week. Uh, The power rankings have been put out by all kinds of publications. I've sifted through them. I've got one selected out, and my question for you is, where in the top 30 of the entire NBA do you think the Hornets should be in this current week of power rankings? Well, let's see. They are... You know, right at 500, and they are, I believe, ninth in the Eastern Conference. So, therefore, at minimum to me, they should be at the lowest, 18. So, I would say if they were wholesome, I would say a little bit higher, but I'm just going to say it should be somewhere around 15, 16, because again, if you factor in where they are and where they were before injuries kind of came into play, they should be around 15, 16, somewhere to me, in, in my estimation. Now, before I do the reveal, I, I'm with you on this, and I think there's something that doesn't get talked about enough, but is is worth mentioning here. 
the East is really good this year to the point that the record the Hornets have now, 500, I'm not saying that 500 should put them top four in the East. It shouldn't. But ordinarily, they would be higher than they are right now. They'd probably be somewhere around seventh place. The way things wrapped up the last five, six, seven years, a 500 record could get you as high as the sixth seed. Looking at the Hornets and saying, ah, oh, they're ninth, a normal, normal year prior to the play-in tournament, that wouldn't even be a playoff team. A 500 record typically would be a playoff team in the National Basketball Association. You're right. And think about it. A lot of times in the East, as you mentioned, they're like the last team to get in, the number eight seed, usually is under 500 or somewhere right around there. At best, on a really good year. So, I mean, number seven probably could be a game or two below 500. So, you're right. Sometimes in certain years, number six is right at 500 in the East. But the Hornets have had one of their best seasons to this point in almost like two decades. And they've been still hovering around seventh all year. Now, a couple of injuries, as we mentioned, now they dropped down to like ninth, tenth, kind of in that area right there, down with the Hawks and teams and that nature. But that just shows you how tough the East is this year. You know, that's one thing people always talk about is, oh, we should see the top, you know, top 16 teams and, and, do, and give me a break with that. It's cyclical. Anybody who watches basketball in the NBA who grew up in the A's like I did know that the West was not as good as the East. The East was had like teams like you know the the, the Pistons in there, the Celtics, and the Lakers came along and kind of started doing their thing. So to me, I agree with you, man. The East is really tough this year. So from that perspective, the Hornets, even though they're at 500, should be higher probably in, in most of these team rankings. You said that the Hornets should be somewhere around 15 or 16 in the power rankings. We were looking in this segment at NBA.com's. They have the Hornets at 18. That's down from 16. So you have them higher than the NBA.com one, which means my question for you is which team should they jump ahead of? Your options are these are the ones 15 through 17 in NBA's power rankings this week. You've got the Clippers, the Hawks, and the Brooklyn Nets. This is an interesting one for you, Rod. Who should the Hornets be ahead of? Oh, man, that's a tough one, man. Really tough one because to me, the Nets are in the same boat as the Hornets right now. And you never who thought you would say that you know, a couple of weeks ago at the Brooklyn Nets have been dropping way, way down the rankings. And I don't want to say them. I feel like the Hawks, they should be over ahead of the Hawks because they actually had the Hawks in the standings, right? So, and, and even though the Hawks beat them in the most recent meeting, um, the Hornets did beat them in Atlanta uh, once this year, although I think the Hawks have the season series right now 2-1, I believe. So, even either way, if you want to be you know, nitpicking, I would say they could be able to jump over the Hawks in my mind because, again, they're, they're ahead of those guys. I feel like the Hawks are in that same mode. They're not really playing their best basketball. They're not really playing good defense. They're kind of struggling to kind of find identity. So to me, if you're going to be one of those teams, I would say the Hawks. Hornets are certainly ahead of them in the standings. One more thing here, you know, all the power rankings that are put out there, the athletic, NBA.com, they all try and have their little niche. And for NBA.com, I like how they try and break down either a stat or a different metric going into every week. One thing that they fleshed out a little bit here was how Charlotte has a pretty wide disparity in looking at teams above 500 and below 500. Makes sense. They're roughly winning two out of three against teams that are below 500, and they are winning just one out of three against teams above 500. That's not a shock here, but there's also a home road disparity that tends to happen that after this last losing streak really no longer exists. Charlotte's one game above 500 at home, one game below 500 on the road heading into tonight's game against Minnesota. So looking at the post-All-Star break portion of the season, you, you were arguing in your piece recently that the All-Star break is the reset. After the All-Star break, 
Hornets are going to have 13 home games, only nine on the road. They're going to play 12 teams that are over 500 and only 10 that are under. Which will be the main driver of the team's record after the All-Star break? Is it home court advantage or is it who they're playing? It's going to be home court advantage because, as you mentioned, they have more home games. And before the six-game losing streak that they have been on, with five of those, I believe, coming at home, they, as you said, there was a big disparity between home record and road record. And right now, with the streak that they're on, they're only one game above 500 at home, which is crazy to think about it when they were playing so well just a couple of weeks ago. So to me, that's going to be a driving force. Yes, they play teams that are over 500 and you have to worry about that. But if you look at how they've fared, when they've been fully healthy, like they've beaten the Warriors, you know, they've beaten Brooklyn, they've beaten Milwaukee twice. So they've beaten some of these top teams in the league and to me if that's the case then that says that all right if these teams are what they're playing on the road or at home if they're at home we should at least be able to kind of match up with them even better and it'd be one of those pick em games where it comes down to a possession or two at the end where if you hit a shot um it could make it make a defensive stop or something like that you could pull out these games at home so to me i think home will basically tell how far the Hornets go because they've have to be able to win these games at home. You have to be able to take advantage of the crowd, as Montrez Harrell said when I asked him about it after the game um, on Saturday against Memphis. If they don't do that, they're going to be in trouble. I tend to agree with you. Coming up next, not a home game tonight. It is a road game. Charlotte visiting the Minnesota Timberwolves. We'll preview that one for you with Rod Boone of the Charlotte Observer after this quick break here on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta. Cataracts made it hard to see clearly. Even movies were blurry. So I went to Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. Now movies are as clear and sharp as they once were. The doctors at Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates offer cataract surgery using the newest technology and lenses with short recovery times. See like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at ceenta.com slash appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense. Rod Boone, the beat reporter extraordinaire from the Charlotte Observer, covering the Charlotte Hornets all season long and a frequent guest here with us on the Hornets Hivecast. Back with us today, helping us preview tonight's game against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Rod, before we get to players and stats to watch, uh, Minnesota, they're 30-27. and 27. That's good for 7th in the West. Everyone below them is, by the way, below 500 right now. So we were talking moments ago about how good the East is. Uh, you can make an argument the West is a little thin right now because uh, a 500 record that the Hornets have would easily be in eighth place but that's neither here nor there you look at this team uh, they've got a good mix they've got a current all-star in Carl Anthony Towns a former all-star in D'Angelo Russell a future all-star we think in Anthony Edwards Uh, that's a really really good team but it's one Charlotte's beaten already this season Hornets got them 133 to 115 seems like an eternity ago that was back in November when Charlotte was on a run of winning eight of nine aka the good old days Uh, right now they're closer to the inverse of that what are your thoughts on the matchup well, as you said, man, you know, I asked Miles Bridges about it after practice on Monday. He said, you know, they're a tough team, man, which they are. You know, they're very athletic. Um, they can defend. Uh, as you mentioned, the guys that got like D'Angelo Russell. Um, you know, they obviously had Jalen McDaniels' brother, Jaden McDaniels, as well. And then to me, the X factor is always going to be inside who's playing against the Hornets because the Hornets, as we know, have had trouble this year stopping centers, um, whether it's a big guy or somebody who's versatile. And with Carl Anthony Towns, you know, he's pretty much one of those players who – it's hard to stop because he can go either way. If you've seen that outside jump shot and feeling really good about himself and taking three-pointers and knocking those down, you're going to be in for a long night. So to me, 
going to be the key for the Hornets is finding a way to contain him and then make sure he's not going out there and dropping 30 and getting 20-something rebounds against you because you're going to have to be able to be contained and just you know kept off the glass and kept from having a really big night for you to be able to have a chance to steal a game on the road because – you know, even again, as you said, the 30 and 27, you know, they're one of those teams that is kind of still on the rise in the West. They're very athletic. They're very young. So if you're the Hornets, you want to get down early again like you have been recently, because if you do, it could be trouble for you. So Timberwolves is the type of team that worries you. And if you're the Hornets, you have to come out there and play well early on. Otherwise, it could be one of those long evenings for you. Well, as we always like to do when we're previewing the game, we like to get a player to watch for each side and a statistic to watch. It sounds like you've already kind of given away your player to watch for Minnesota, but I'll let you make it official. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I get Cat, Carl Anthony Towns. Just, there's just something about him whenever he plays against the Hornets. He just has this look in his face. And if he's not having a great game, then usually the Hornets are going to be able to kind of come out there and find ways to win. But in the games that I've been able to watch him over the last four years when he's playing against the Hornets, they just don't contend well with him just for, for a number of reasons. He's a matchup nightmare for almost anybody. I mean, he's an all-star. So we know that. But for the Hornets, as we talked about earlier about Mason Plumley, we talked a little bit about earlier about being a little undersized kind of behind Mason Plumley because they're not playing Nick Richards as, as a backup five for the most part. So with that being the case, Quarantine Towns out there, man, he can have a, a field day. So if they don't contain him, they're going to be in really, really a lot of trouble. I'm going to go with Anthony Edwards as mine. And uh, look, he, he was the number one overall pick in LaMelo Ball's draft class, close to being rookie of the year. Obviously, LaMelo took it uh, normal season or non-LaMelo season. Anthony probably gets it. I feel like Anthony Edwards for all of the success he's had look that Minnesota team was picking first that year for a reason they were not good and he has very quickly turned them into an above 500 team with some other players obviously Carl Anthony Towns and other pieces there as well he's playing really well he's coming off a 37 point performance on Super Bowl Sunday and a win over the Pacers in which in a lineup that had Carl Anthony Towns and another former all-star in D'Angelo Russell there was only one player who was a positive in the plus-minus for Minnesota, and it was Edwards. So he's playing really well, and I think for him personally, there's probably a little bit of a, I need to prove myself against LaMelo element to this, because even though he was the number one pick overall in the draft, and even though in the upcoming uh, Rising Stars series of games, he was picked first, I got to imagine Anthony Edwards probably feels like, hey, my team's got a better record, I keep getting picked higher, but LaMelo gets all the attention. This is a chance for him head-to-head to show what he can do. I would agree with you there because even though a lot of times these players will downplay these things and say stuff publicly to us when we ask them about it, let's be honest. If you're a competitor, I don't care. Um, if you're not fired up when a player is getting probably a little more pubbed than you, but yet you were picked above him or even vice versa, like maybe LaMelo feels he should be number one pick out there. So they will never probably come out and admit it publicly for a number of reasons. But you got to believe that these kind of games you get up for a little bit more because you want to go out there, not only show the organization that you're playing against, that, hey, maybe I should have been the guy you chose, but you also want to show the other player that, like you said, Anthony Edwards' case, okay, yeah, I was the number one pick overall. I was the guy. But, yeah, people are saying maybe you should have been the guy. So I'm going to come out here, try to just bust your tail the best I can. Next up, you got to pick a stat or you can pick a Hornets player. Uh, let's pick a stat first. The stat to watch, as usual for me, for the Hornets is going to be rebounds, I feel like. I feel like when they're out rebound, especially on the offensive end, they seem to have issues for a number of reasons. When you're giving teams second chance and second possessions, those are the things that kind of come out to haunt you. It can be demoralizing. If you are playing a possession, the team misses a shot or misses a layup, and it gets tipped back in or tipped, tapped back out, 
somebody buries a three-pointer and that happens over and over again, it can be demoralizing. So the Hornets need to be able to rebound the ball. We'll see if Montrez Harrell, if he can come out help because he's had a couple of good games so far. He's been around double-digit rebounds in both his games so far, the Hornets. Would you say one side in particular over the other, defensive rebounding or offensive rebounding? I would say, to me, it's, again, it's got to be defensive rebounding because for the Hornets, it's a little bit of both, but from the Hornets' perspective, it's defensive. You have to grab those boards to be able to show and improve in his possessions and close them out. I'm glad you said that. You cannot copy the other person's stat, and mine is offensive rebounding, so I'm glad that you said defensive rebounding so I could still keep mine. Look, the the Timberwolves, they've got some serious advantages when it comes to size over a lot of teams they play. Carl Anthony Towns is a beast. He's been so for a long time, uh, and that's why the Wolves are really good on their own offensive glass. They're top five in the NBA and top three in second chance points. So what you're saying is correct. That has to be a concern. They also leave a lot of opportunities for you to attack the offensive glass yourselves. The Minnesota is 30th, dead last in the NBA in defensive rebounding percentage. So adding Montrez Harrell for this game, that seems to be the perfect addition for Charlotte. And furthermore, while it's gone a little bit under the radar, Mason Plumley has played really, really well despite the team's slump here over the last couple weeks. Now, he's not going to show up for scoring because that's just not his game. It really never has. Been but rebounding wise, he's had 10 or more boards in three straight games, seven of his last nine. And the last game against Memphis, uh, similar to what I was saying about Anthony Edwards, how he was the only player in the starting lineup who was a positive in the plus minus in what ended up being a Minnesota win. Well, in the last game against Memphis, the only player that was a plus minus for Charlotte in what ended up being a loss was Mason Plumley. So even though his contributions don't always show up in the box score, his contributions are definitely there. This is an opportunity for him to score quite a bit because he's good on the offensive glass as well, and it's certainly a good opportunity for Montrez Harrell. Last but not least, a Hornet to watch. Uh, good question, man. I would say a Hornet to watch. I mean, we can go with the, the simple things. We can go to the easy one. Let's go with James Booknight. Uh, I want to see what he's going to do bouncing back because he's been out there for two games now, and he hasn't really seemed to, to be the James Booknight that we've seen so far, scoring the ball. I'm not sure if his wrist is still hurting a little bit or just not the same rhythm that he was before, but he's somebody to watch because I feel like if he has a good game off the bench for the Hornets, changing things for him just overall because if they can get his scoring off the bench, get that punch going, but well, you're missing other guys because, remember, you got Kelly Oubre starting now. If you get book night to give you just a little bit of scoring off the bench, that helps you out tremendously. So to me, he's the guy I want to see come out there have a good game, and I want to watch him for sure. My player to watch is going to be Terry Rozier. Small sample size, I know, but since Montrez Harrell, his former college teammate at Louisville, came to Charlotte, Terry Rozier is averaging a triple-double. He had one successfully in Detroit, and he came one assist away from getting one against Memphis. Uh, but overall, over the two games, he is averaging 30 points, 10 boards, 10 assists per game. So he's been playing outstanding with Gordon Hayward out, the biggest veteran uh, on this team. So this is a time to lead, and uh, I think Terry Rozier has been doing a good job of it. I think he's going to continue to do it, and uh, we'll see how the matchup goes against Minnesota. It's certainly a tough one. They're playing pretty well. They're above. 500 for a reason they've got a good uh, depth of talent but I think Charlotte is, is is playing better right now I feel like these last two games it's a sign that they are starting to make their way out of their shooting slump playing better overall offensively and uh, they could certainly use a win haven't been below 500 in quite a while I don't think they want to start that trend right now we'll see if they can stay there with a big W tonight we know that the game will of course be on the Hornets radio network but 
The next day, you can, of course, read all about it in the Charlotte Observer. Rod Boone will have you covered. Beat writer extraordinaire from the Charlotte Observer covering your Charlotte Hornets. Rod, thanks so much for joining us once again here on the Hornets Ivecast. You got it, Sam. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it, man. And thanks to all of you for joining us as well. Tomorrow we'll have our breakdown edition of the HHC, taking a look back at tonight's game against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Till then, for everyone here, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you with us, and we'll talk to you next time here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.